welcome to Cosmic CEO. I'm your host, Kinsey Madsen, and in this podcast, we're going to talk about everything from marketing to branding to mindset. I am so glad you found your way here. Now, let's get into some juicy content. Hi, guys. It is Sunday, and my mind is blown. (laughs) Like, my mind is actually blown. I feel like time... I would love to know if you guys agree with this, but I feel like time feels more bendy than ever. Um, I had a really busy week. I finally finished all of the content for anti-school coaching school. So that is available for enrollment until the end of the month. There will be uh, one more price increase, I think. And we're going to do like orientation call before the end of the month. I will keep you updated on Instagram with all of the details about that. But I finally finished that. It was like, a really intense week. I mean, I'm, I'm really proud of myself because it could have been more intense. Like I basically was maybe just working like normal eight hour days. <laughs> but for me, that's like a lot of work, especially when you are recording and creating content and teaching like eight hours a day of teaching is pretty damn intense. Um, but I'm so proud of it. There's still a few things I'm going to switch, not switch a few things I'm going to add that I'm really excited about, but I'm just finishing the tweaks on those things but all the main content is there so I'm going to throw in a few bonuses but like I said you can find out more information about that on Instagram so I feel like the combination of that um the combination of that like the week before I was out of town last minute decided to travel and then having to come home and get into that and then ending it feels like I ended a large portion of my launch on Thursday just because I finished it and so then that kind of felt like a Friday but then there was Friday (laughs) and then yesterday I was like tripping on mushrooms all day and I'm going to share more more about my experience because honestly that's all that's on my mind and I didn't even realize it was Sunday until I was um sitting at Barnes and Noble. And I was just thinking about, so I went to Barnes and Noble with Cammie, one of my assistants. And I was thinking she was going to be coming into work in the next couple of days. And then I was like, oh my God, like I'm actually going to see her tomorrow. So anyways, I just realized in a moment of panic that I needed to record a podcast episode. And here's the thing, like, here's the thing. I didn't need to. And I feel like I'm still playing in this space of what does commitment look like and what does discipline look like for me? But I think there's things I want to talk about and there's things that I want to say. And so it's like, I might as well record a podcast episode. So without forcing myself to, it's happening. Um, I had, I went to a workshop this morning and I want to say the name of the person's Instagram who hosted the workshop. It's Anika Azora. Um, you spell it A-N-N-I-K-A dot I-Z-O-R-A. And they did a summer field guide workshop and it was so fun. I am feeling so inspired for summer. I am feeling so inspired. Like the way this, this workshop was structured, it was very simple. It was super simple. And basically it was this whole process of um, exploring curiosity and play and what that looks like for you. And then getting like kind of brain dumping a bunch of different ideas and then narrowing that down to nine different ideas of what your summer field guide is. And it was very much not meant, I thought it was maybe going to be like a bucket list type thing. I mean, I've seen people do those like bingo. Have you seen someone do the, um, it's like a bingo bucket list. And so you write down, you know, I guess it's five by five with a free square in the middle. So it'd be 24 different things you want to do during a month or a season or whatever. And I've always thought those were fun, but I actually feel like sometimes the novelty of those type of things, like the, the, the items I put on the to-do list, they're like not really things that always bring me joy. And a lot of times too, when I have a to-do list like that, it stops feeling fun (laughs) because I'm like, well, this is just something I have to do now. So anyways, I was kind of expecting it to be like that. And I was still excited because I love the process of like making a bucket list or whatever. But actually the way that they explained it was this is like a field guide of like how to explore, how to play, how to be curious this summer and how to tap into like just whatever summer feels like for you. And so it's really cool because it's a really loose, it's a list of nine different, um, things that you're tapping into. And I have like a, quite a few breakthroughs that kind of, um, mirrored 
the breakthroughs that I had in mushrooms. So I'll tell you a little bit about my summer field guide just because I'm excited to talk about it. And then I'll share a little bit about my mushroom experiences because I've never talked about really my mushroom experiences on the podcast because I feel like I got... I don't even want to say that I got like really into them, but I think to an outside perspective, you would say I was really into them. So I've, I've gotten into them post when I took like an extended long podcast break. Um, but about the summer field guide. So the thing that was really interesting for me as we were talking about play and curiosity is first of all, I realized so much of my curiosity and even play for me, it, it's like alone, like especially curiosity. It happens when I'm alone and when I have a lot of time and space and almost when I'm like edging on boredom, I feel like that's when curiosity comes through. It's like when I'm edging on boredom, I don't let myself reach for my phone to scroll um, and I let myself research or dive into something or, you know, go down a rabbit hole or um, honestly, a lot of my curiosity felt really research-based. And then a lot of my play, this was something that came up that was so interesting, is I realized that play to me is like really soft and um, it is almost anticlimactic. <laughs> like play for me is a very casual feeling. And I think most of the time when I'm like, I'm going to tap into playing more and having a really good summer or whatever the thing is that I'm telling myself, um, when I do that, then I start like thinking I need to like go on these adventures or travel, which I love traveling. But actually, as I was going through this list of like the things that felt like curiosity and play to me, none of them were traveling. It was basically like learning things. It was having conversations with my friends and just talking about things. It was going out to dinner. So I'll read you my list of nine things that like I landed on for the summer. Um, but it was really interesting because I feel like I have this overarching element of guilt like that I am not being more adventurous with my life and that I am not um I don't know that it's just like the way that I like to have fun is like um very mellow (laughs) and like I'm like actually like a very chill type of have fun person like I don't like to fit a ton of stuff into one day I don't love like I love my bed (laughs) that was like a really big thing that I realized on mushrooms is like kind of the um shame I feel over how much time I spend in my bed because I spend a lot of my day in my bed just laying there and like thinking about stuff truly and I have always been like this I remember one of my exes he would always complain about how much time I was like laying in bed and so I don't know if it's from there I don't know if it's from like when I was younger like my mom was very um like hustle culture (laughs) (laughs) my mom invented hustle culture like we just always had so much so many chores to do so many I was working from like a really young age I I mean we just she like really I don't know if it was like a religious thing or I don't know if it was just a her personality thing but like being idle and being bored it was like a like not good thing that was like if you ever told her you were bored you would like get in trouble So I don't know if it's like that type of thing or I don't know if it's the boyfriend thing or whatever, but I just realized I have so much shame around what rest looks like for me and what play looks like for me. So it was really, really expanding and like the biggest exhale to kind of come to clarity around what these things look like for me because I think a lot of times especially with business um we know how important rest is we know how important play is we know how important being curious about things are but do we even know what it looks like so as I'm talking about all of this go back and look at their Instagram and see if they're selling a replay I highly highly recommend it um yeah I I just really I very much recommend this um workshop. I think it was only like $22 or something. Maybe I'm misquoting the price, but it was really interesting. But I think it's just a lot of things that we're talking about doing or feeling guilty for not doing. Like we, it's just, it's energy coming from an external place that we don't even know if we want to do it that way, or we don't even know if we need to do it. Or like even the idea of play my list, it's not like a super 
playful list. <laughs> like it's like it's a very it's a very me list and when I read over it I get so excited. I'm like this is my best summer ever. So you wrote down these different ideas in these different categories that she gave you and then you go through and you choose your like top top two in one of them it's the top one and then you come up with your list of nine so let me read you I gotta pull up my photo and I'll read you my nine things and it feels so good and it's so random but it's not like it's actually not so this is my list of nine things that are going to be my summer filled guide so the things I'm going to be exploring this summer so first one is the subconscious mind second one is um AI art I got really into it uh, probably a couple months ago and then I just like kind of stopped but I like it was so fun and it still feels really fun to me. I just am going to like make more time to play with it. Third one is mushrooms. Fourth one is like getting dressed and going out to eat. <laughs> it's like it feels so embarrassing to say that, that that's like one of my nine things for summer but like truly when I was thinking about the things that made me the most happy it's that it's it's as easy as that fifth one is kind of a secret I'm actually not going to tell you that one yet because it's something kind of related to business it's not that big of a deal but I just don't want to say it yet until I'm fully sure that I'm going to do this um sixth one is barbecues seventh one is my dogs eighth so the eighth and ninth one this is like kind of weird but you like kind of um think about locations that you want to be spending your summer at and so one of mine was my living room because I am redoing the carpet um in my living room it is disgusting my dogs have peed on it like so I'm just I'm ripping it out and having somebody come in and put in uh wood throughout the whole thing and Bruce like <laughs> tears he literally like still he tore up the carpet when he was like like ripped it out from the ground from an edge when he was probably under a year old and now he's past two years and it's still his biggest hyper fixation no matter how much training we try around it no matter if we squirt him with a water bottle no matter if we give him a treat if you like he it is his obsession so anyways it's really hard to relax in there and like just chill out because you always have to be watching Bruce like and making sure he's not eating something that's going to make him suffocate so the living room and just like having people over there and hanging out and like just a chill vibe and then the last one this feels kind of weird but it's like nighttime um I was driving home really really late last night and I just had this feeling of like when you're when you stay up late it feels like the world is yours and I'm not necessarily a night owl I'm not really a night owl or a, or an early bird I think it depends on my time of life but lately like I when it is nighttime I'm like well as soon as the sun starts setting I'm like mixing up my sleep drink I'm in bed by 9 30 usually asleep by 10 um and that's like a late night for me and I wake up probably around, I, I know you guys were really curious about my sleep schedule, <laughs> um, but I wake up normally around like seven-ish or eight. And so like, that's a lot of hours of sleep. I mean, that's like nine to 10 hours of sleep. And sometimes I think I get too much sleep. Like I look forward so much to like going to bed at nighttime and I don't think it's in a completely healthy way. Like, sometimes I wonder if it's, like, which it's the opposite of what a lot of people have. Because I know some people don't want to go to bed because they're, like, dreading for the day to start the next day. Which I'm, like, so glad that I'm excited to go to bed and excited to wake up. Um, but I also, like, have so many fun memories at night. And I don't even want, like, it's not like I want to stay stay up late and like embrace nighttime in the way that I want to be being social with people necessarily it's more so like I want to be up alone at night like enjoying my house I love the vibe of a house at night like I love having like ambient lighting and like um I just I love the vibe of nighttime and so it just feels like embracing that more, even like hanging out at the porch at night. And so there's like different things. So like I have bad like mosquitoes and gnats at night. And so it's like, okay, well, I need to go get one of like, I need to get a citronella candle. I need to get one of those bug zappers. I need to. So it's kind of fun the way this field guide is laid out because it's not like I have a list of to do's, but it's like, okay, I want to be spending more time out at night. I want to be, you know, um, learning more about the subconscious mind. And like it just, my brain, it it feels like it, um, 
I don't know. It feels like it broke something in my brain in a good way where I'm like, oh, this feels like such an easy way to set goals. I don't know. So I'm, I'm just really excited about it and really looking forward to this summer, honestly. Um, I, yeah, that's, that's all I have to say there with the summer fill guide. So I'm feeling inspired. Yesterday, I did two mushroom journeys <laughs> back to back. So I think people like, um, maybe you don't have a ton of experience about mushrooms or, um, I just haven't really ever talked about them on my page a ton, but I think a lot of people were thinking that I like microdose when I post, um, pictures of mushrooms, which I have microdosed in the past. And I feel like I'm more so microdose in a way where, so a microdose versus like a hero's journey. Um, and there's also like an in-between, like a social dose. A microdose is like, you're not going to feel high. You might feel a little high. Honestly, I feel high no matter how much I take. I'm super sensitive to any sort of substance. Um, but you're not going to be like, hallucinating at all. You're just going to like feel like it's different for everybody. It's so different for everybody. But a microdose to me, it just kind of makes you feel happy and it feels like you turned up the saturation on life and on all your feelings. Um, but I don't really, I'm kind of like an all or nothing girl. (laughs) So like a microdose for me is fun to take if I'm like going to be going out somewhere social, which I very rarely do. And that's actually another thing with the summer field guide that I realized, like, I have to own the fact that, like, I hate social gatherings. I really do. And I always have. As I've been doing, like, more inner work the past few weeks, I just have so many memories as a little kid, like, not wanting to be in a social situation, not wanting to have to go to a friend's birthday party, not wanting to, like, I just do, I don't enjoy social interactions that way. I like really small gatherings with, like, my three people (laughs) like it's like it's it's a I don't know I just have never liked it and so um anyways I'm not social that often (laughs) and I don't I plan on being social even less but if if I'm gonna go to a situation where like people are gonna be drinking I don't really like to drink I don't I I maybe drink I used to drink on vacation and now I drink like maybe a couple times a year, honestly. And I, at this point in my life, I don't have any desire to ever have another drink of alcohol. I just, I don't know. I think because I love mushrooms so much and I love how they make me feel and I love how I feel after the next morning. Like I, they just like truly make me feel so alive. And like alcohol doesn't do that. It feels like alcohol makes me become like a different version of me that isn't real. It's like a, uh, super loud, super, it's like the opposite of who I feel I am. I'm loud, (laughs) super loud. You guys have heard me like yell at you, but I'm not loud in the way that I am on alcohol. Um, but anyways, I will take like a microdose if I'm going to like go to a social activity or something like that. But for me, kind of what has worked and how I kind of, I feel like it was probably a big part of, like, what helped me get off my antidepressants, which I wasn't even trying to get off my antidepressants, literally. Like, all of a sudden, one day, I was just like, I don't think I want to take my antidepressants anymore. And at this point, I had been... Also, all of this to say, like, mushrooms are illegal. I am not a doctor. I just experiment, and I'm probably kind of reckless. So, figure something out. Go to a therapist who can do mushrooms with you, or go get them somewhere and experiment, but just like big disclaimer there, (laughs) big giant disclaimer that all of everything I'm talking about is illegal. I also know it can be sketchy to mix certain things with mushrooms. So like, I'm just going to tell you my experience. Don't use that as, um, as a manual for anything that you do, because I also will tell you, like, I have a very different experience than most people with mushrooms. Um, And I don't know why I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying, like, I literally think about every single thing, like human design related, this related, that related. And I'm like, I don't understand. It feels like, (laughs) oh, this might be like a little bit of a, um, like my, I might still be like coming off of the high today. Cause I was just going to say, it feels like mushrooms were like invented for me. (laughs) 
And that's only the type of shit that you say when you're like high on a psychedelic. Anyways, I love them. I love them so, so much. I went through a little period of time. Well, just after I had that accidental acid trip and I think I kind of forgot what mushrooms feel like and the acid, it was so intense for me. I've done acid twice. The second time was on accident. I talked about it on our earlier podcast episode. Um, and I don't like it. Like, I don't, I don't like the way it feels. I mean, it's fine. Like, when it happened, I'm able to, like, be fine with it. I didn't, like, have a bad trip. I don't really spiral on, like, I mean, I've only tried two psych... Well, that's not true. I've tried other psychedelics. I never really spiral in psychedelics. I feel like it's really easy for me to be high in the way of psychedelics. Weed is really hard for me. Weed is, like it's a, it's a really hard high for me. Um, but anyways, I took, so I was just feeling, I've been feeling really insecure, like really insecure. And I feel like I've always been kind of like half and half where I'm really confident and then I'm super insecure and it's like this yo-yo. I mean, I think that's part of kind of like being a Leo. It's like this overinflated sense of confidence to like hide that you're insecure. I also have other parts in like my gene keys and whatever. Like self-doubt is like a really big thing for me. I feel like it's the thing I struggle with the most. Self-doubt and motiv- motivation. Um, Those two things, like I'm like always having to like, I don't know, I guess I'm like trying to force myself to not feel those things. And this past week, I've just been kind of surrendering to the feeling and realizing that it's coming up on purpose and realizing that it's coming up to show me like that I have work to do there and that I could step into a higher level. And now it's all making sense because I wasn't even planning on doing mushrooms on Saturday. And then I was just like, you know what? I have a full Saturday. Like this feels like the perfect day to do a little journey. And so like I said, this is kind of a roundabout story, but there was a period of my life that I was probably doing like a a large amount of mushrooms, not like a full hero's journey, but two and a half to three grams. A hero's journey is three grams and up, I think. Um, two and a half to three grams, like hallucinating, um, full on trip. Like this is like a full on mushroom trip for me. Even when I've done a hero's journey, it felt super similar to the amount of high that I'm getting like on a Saturday. Um, I, basically like I just lay in my bed (laughs) and I like close my eyes and I put music on and I just vibe (laughs) and it's not as like I think if you've never done mushrooms you think they're I don't know I feel like I always thought they were more serious than they were and I always thought they were scarier than they are which I will say a big disclaimer here so I've done them now with a lot of my friends and every single time I do them with a friend they're like that that was great I never want to do that anytime in the near future and they're like shocked that I do it so often um and now I mean at this point I probably do them once a month once a month I will do a little journey and it's just whatever I notice myself I don't even know though because I don't even know if I want to say that because I don't even feel like mushrooms are like a healing thing for me I feel like they're a remembering that sounds so fucking cheesy but I feel like I just have to touch in every once in a while once I forget like that once I forget what life is all about and once I start getting too much in my head and once I start trying to force things and once I'm getting like into this place of just like kind of inauthenticity and trying to be something I'm not without realizing that I'm trying to be something I'm not mushrooms completely ground me back into what's important into love into um creativity and not in a way that it feels like it's doing it like (laughs) when you do them like it's just like music sounds really good everything looks really beautiful you maybe have like kind of deep thoughts that aren't really that deep but they feel really deep in the moment but to me the magic in mushrooms is like well first of all I think the actual trip is so fun like and that's where I'm like kind of confused because I talk to a lot of people and they're like yeah I've had a few challenging trips I've had this I've had that they're so heavy but it feels so good after like people talk about mushrooms feeling so heavy which your body does feel heavy when you're on mushrooms but I can't I can't figure out why and maybe I guess it's not something I need to figure out 
But for me, it is like the most light, euphoric feeling. And in a way that at the very end, I'm like so excited to come back into my normal life. Like I'm not sick of being high, but I'm like not wanting to escape any longer. Like it it just feels like touching home and then being excited to go back to like my actual home. Um, so anyway, some of like the breakthroughs that I had, <laughs> this was like one of my main ones and like I said, I'm just sharing this with you guys. Maybe these will resonate. I think they're super particular to me, like um, just things that I've been having go through my mind lately. But I'm sure that some of you guys have had similar things going through your mind because that's why we're all here chatting about this. That's why you're listening to this weird episode of me talking about my sleep cycles <laughs> and mushrooms because there must be something here that you're meant to hear. Um, so one of the things for me that I really, that came through over over and over again is like, I'm not here to be a fucking scientist. (laughs) And what I mean by that is a lot of times as I'm like experimenting with life. And I think it's funny too, because I do feel like a scientist. Like I feel like the way I move through life as a scientist, I feel like as a three line in human design, I'm always experimenting. I'm always learning what works, but every single time I learn something that works for me, or I learn about something in a book or I want to try something. It's like a million different voices in my mind saying, okay, will this work for people who grew up poor? Will this work for people who grew up rich? Will this work for people who are in poverty right now? Will this work for homeless people? Will this work for, like, it's like, I'm trying to think of every single demographic and if this exact modality or if this situation is going to work for them. And like, I have no way of quantifying that evidence. Like, I literally have no way of talking to every single person in on earth and getting them to try out this manifestation technique or business technique or whatever to see if it works for them. Like, that's, it's, it bogs me down a lot of times. And I feel like sometimes, a lot of times, the things I'm wanting to do in my business and the things I'm wanting to teach in my business and talk unapologetically about, I I hold myself back because I'm like, but this might not apply to everyone. And I think that might be a little bit of just like internet culture, like of everyone, like it's not being able to explain the nuances of everything. And it's kind of hard to, when you're teaching courses, like, so I just finished my course that teaches you how to make courses. And so I think especially with when you're creating courses ahead of time, but when you're teaching anything, you kind of have to be thinking about the nuances because you kind of have to be able, excuse me, you kind of have to be able to say, but by the way, this isn't true if you have this. Like you kind of have to think in that teacher mode, but I feel like I've gone almost into a point of like, it's not coming from, it's just coming from an impossible place. Like I truly... I am not a scientist. (laughs) That's just the way that like I, I have to keep saying it to myself. Like all I can do is share what's worked for me and share what's worked for other clients and move on with my life. And the people who are meant to be here and are meant to learn from me, they get to experiment and see if that works for them. And if something that I teach doesn't work for somebody else, that doesn't mean I'm wrong. That doesn't mean they're wrong. That just means it it wasn't the exact right fit. And they're going to learn something from the experience and I'm going to learn something from the experience. So it feels like a really big release and a really big letting myself teach about the things I want to teach about. Even talking about mushrooms, like a lot of people don't have great experiences with mushrooms. Like a lot of my best friends, us tripping was like the best night of my life and they are exhausted and they are like, that was fun, but I I don't want to do that anytime soon. Honestly, I've never had somebody do it with me that they're like, they want to do it as much as I do. (laughs) And it's giving like, it like sounds like I'm like addicted, but truly I mean, if you've done mushrooms before, you know, they're not really like, it's not really like an addicting type thing. I mean, I think you can get addicted to anything. You can get addicted to what it is you're seeking from the actual substance. Um, but I think that's what I love about mushrooms is I, I never feel dependent on them and I can go six months of time without using them or I can do two times in one day. And like, it just, it feels like I have control over 
I don't know. It feels like I have control over, they feel like a tool, like an absolute neutral tool for me, which feels really good. Um, and it's like, if I never could do them again, I would be sad because it's so fun for me. It's such a fun experience. And I also would be like, perfect. I've learned exactly what I need to learn from them. So anyways, that was a really big thing that I learned was like, I, and maybe it's not, I'm not a scientist, but it's like, I don't have to be a scientist. Like I'm only one person and maybe eventually it would be cool to be able to, you know, have data pulled on these type of things. But like, I do not have the resources, nor the time, nor the audience size to be able to do something like that. Um, and I think it also brought up a lot of the time too, like when I'm sharing about a technique or something I do in my business or something that works that I've seen works, I feel like I have to explain like I have to say this has worked for me in my business or I have to say this has worked for my clients in their business and I feel like a just a higher level of confidence in my expertise to just be like do this and then do this and then do this and not in a way that I'm like telling them exactly what to do but it's like I don't feel like I have to explain what I'm saying or I don't feel like I have to prove what I'm saying and that was a really other big energy that has shown up is like how often in my life and with my family and with my friends I'm like trying to prove things all of the time and so that was a big thing that came up um I mean, the hugest thing was just kind of this idea around, like, I don't have to come up with solutions to every single problem in the world. Like, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't, that, that sounds like the most, like, um, just like heavy existence and impossible existence. I think that that was just like a really big thing that came up over and over again is like the things that I'm spending my energy on are quite literally impossible to do. It's an impossible standard that I'm setting for myself and it's making the actual places where I could have impact in my life and business. It's making those places me not have as much impact because I'm getting overwhelmed by this feeling of needing to provide solutions for every single person, needing to figure out every single business, needing to fit like, so it was just like, and I've been thinking about this for the past couple of weeks, but I mean, when, when you do mushrooms, um, I learned this from a friend, but when you do mushrooms, your, your neural pathways are usually like kind of plastic. They're like stiff. Um, but when you do mushrooms, it softens them to be a little bit more bendy. So you can re literally essentially reprogram your neural pathways. And so I feel like it's really cool after a period of having, you know, kind of a little bit of a rocky mental health situation, feeling insecure, feeling really self-doubty about a lot of things. Um, and then kind of starting to come to these conclusions on my own, like starting to come through, <coughs> excuse me, starting to come to some of these ideas on my own sober. And then I feel like when I take the mushrooms, it just, it clicks everything together. And I think maybe that's why for me, mushrooms have always been a really calm experience is because I've never gone into a mushroom trip like first of all I've never gone into a mushroom trip with the intention of healing because I don't believe that's what it's doing I don't I don't believe we need to heal I believe we just need to release anything that is making us feel like we aren't healed like I I think the biggest problem that we have is that we don't feel healed and that we don't feel like we're good enough and it's not like by doing mushrooms I gained confidence it's like I remembered my confidence um and so I've never gone in with the intention of healing anything or changing anything um so that's the first thing I think that's made me have lighter journeys um and also I feel like I am like tripping balls in my head on a Tuesday afternoon just in my brain <laughs> like sober as ever and I've always been that way I mean I can remember is a little kid like laying on the trampoline and just like tripping balls like not like just like thinking about stuff that was like and it sounds so cheesy but just like thinking about thinking like it's just like I'm just always thinking so much that I feel and it feels impossible to think as much as I want to think like I feel like sometimes I run out of brain power and I feel like mushrooms gives me that brain power <laughs> like literally it feels like truly to me mushrooms make me feel like I get it 
Like, and it's in a way that I realize that I will never get it and I will never understand it. And it's in the biggest, um, type of release I can ever explain. And you just realize, I mean, I remember the first time I did mushrooms and I might've already talked about this a little bit, but I think it was in 2020 and they were like, fine. Like I, I feel like on your first couple of trips, you're like, am I supposed to be doing anything different? Like you hear that mushrooms are so spiritual and I'm just like, I love magic. I love spirituality. I hate, like I'm, I'm not a sacred person. Like I am, I have a hard time with anything that is super sacred. It just doesn't work for me. I'm like fucking obnoxious and I'm loud. And I mean, even in like church when I was younger, I remember I hated like any sort of idea with sacredness. That doesn't mean it's wrong. So many people like that. And so many people find power in that. For me, it's that, that it's never resonated for me, like reverence or like, um, treating something like is special like I like think it's funny to like like I hope my like funeral when I die is like the most chaotic irreverent like nobody better be like acting serious like I guess I'm just like a really not serious person um and so my mushroom journeys have always been super playful and super fun and super funny and even when it gets like, like if like you're crying about something, it feels like it's still funny because you're like, what is happening? And, um, so I feel like when you're like tripping in the beginning, you can be like, am I doing this right? Like at least that came up for me and that's come up for some of my friends where it's like, are we supposed to be like chanting? Are we supposed to, I mean, I always set an intention in the beginning and I like sage and cleanse the room, but that's about as spiritual as I get. I'll pull cards. Um, but then it's like so fun. It just feels like playing. It feels like, um, you have all the energy to hate, like it feels like an energized hangout. And that's, I'm going to stop trying to describe the feeling because I think it's totally different for everybody. And that's what it feels like for me. Um, but I don't remember where I was going with that. Oh, so sometimes you're like, am I doing this wrong? Like, am I supposed to be like healing? Am I supposed to be like moving through like heavy things? And I think that's the magic about mushrooms for me. Like it is, it is the embodiment of, it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be heavy. You don't have to like sit and like process through feeling really dark, heavy feelings you can just move through it. Like you can feel it and not even know where the feeling is coming from. And it's moving through those stored emotions in your body. And that's not to say like, I love, I love any sort of like going back and reprogram and revisiting the memory. And like all of that stuff has also been super helpful for me. And maybe that's again, why my trips aren't super duper intense is because I'm, I'm doing this work sober all the time. I've been doing it for a really long time. When I went into mushrooms, I wasn't like, oh my god, like nothing's real and like nothing's so serious. Like I already knew that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was, again, the only way I can describe it is like it's like a remembering. Like it's just like, oh yeah, duh. Like this, this all, it all makes sense in a weird way that it just like, it things make so much sense for me when I am high on mushrooms. Like I said, I've done other psychedelics. I don't love them. Um, I especially don't love acid. And I know some people have had like crazy experiences with that. To me, it's, acid is way more activating and it's way more like, I feel like I like need to be moving the energy in my body. And I don't like that feeling. Like I love with mushrooms that like you can sit down, like sometimes I'll lay down in my bed put on music and I won't move for the entire six hours. Like you feel like you literally are a mushroom growing from the ground. And I love that feeling. Like, I think maybe it's just giving me full permission to like be as lazy as I've always wanted to be like to remove these stories of like how I need to be showing up or how I need to be doing this or whatever. So I don't know. It was a really good day. So what happened? I wasn't planning on doing two journeys in one day, but I did one journey in the morning and then a friend reached out to me and we were going to hang out. And then I was like, do you want to do mushrooms tonight? Cause they'd never done them before. And we ended up doing their first journey, their first like official journey. 
and it was so fun. <laughs> it was so fun. I've never done that many mushrooms in a day because I did two and a half in the morning and two and a half grams in the evening. And like I said, I'm probably breaking all sorts of rules. And those of you guys here, I know I have like quite a few listeners who hosts like actual mushroom ceremonies and things like that. Um, I'm probably breaking all sorts of rules, but for some reason, everything else, like I feel so not scared of, but like, it just doesn't feel safe to me. And mushrooms, I'm like, I trust them so much. I trust myself with them. I trust who I am on them. I trust the things that come up with them. Like maybe mushrooms for me, they just are like an embodiment of trust, of trust of life, of trust of the universe. I actually think that's what it is. I have chills. (laughs) Never thought of that before, but that's truly like what they represent to me. Oh my God. So anyways, yesterday was a really good day. I'm really excited to get back into work this week. I think because I got so much done last week and because the course is like officially finished and I'm just wanting to add a few things to it, that it feels really like I love refining something. I love something being done, but then just being able to add little things and add little bonuses and maybe tweak a few things. I don't think there's really anything that I'll tweak. Maybe the order of some of the stuff. Um... But this is like my favorite part of the process because it's like it's done. It's it's perfectly done as it is now. And now I get to see like, ooh, how can I make this even any bit better? Um, I also had another thought today. Remembering. <laughs> remembering is like giving like reverent in a way or like giving sacred. But like in my mind, remembering feels like duh. Like it doesn't feel sacred. It feels like, oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> It, remembering to me feels like an eye roll like it's like like almost rolling your eyes at like your current self and like you knew this you literally knew this so anyways one of the things I was thinking about is I love like any talk about future self stuff I just think it's so fun um that being said I think a lot of times we pedestalize our future self I think we push them further away from us I think we think they're totally different than who we are and that's been something that's just been coming up in my day-to-day life that I've been realizing I think I need to change who I am to manifest what I want and looking back at the past in the business that I've built and the success that I've built I actually haven't changed who I am at all me and Lexi even talked about this on her podcast like when me and Lexi first became friends I was 18 she was 19 and like we're still the exact same people. I think there's things that are different about us, of course, and we have so many different experiences, but like our personalities are still the exact same. We still have the exact same, like we lean towards the same things in fashion. We like, it's like, we're still the same people. And I think sometimes this conversation around manifesting and just having to show up as the person would show up, sometimes thinks we have to like change who we are to get to that thing and so I have like a really crazy big goal that I'm playing around with right now just for fun it like I heard about something that excited me and so I'm playing around with this goal and I remembered of the fact that if you are thinking about something you want okay so if there's something that you're trying to manifest or something you're wanting to do in your business or whatever and you even are imagining that possibility the moment you imagined that possibility it created a timeline where that possibility existed so it created a reality however you want to refer to that as but it created a timeline where that thing happened in the amount of time that you were wanting it to happen or that thought couldn't exist in your mind it's impossible for that thought to exist in your mind without there actually being a timeline where it happened and so then I was thinking and remembering rolling my eyes that I forgot that all I have to do is think about what that person did to get there and I think a lot of times when we set a really big goal our first inclination is being like okay I'm gonna have to hustle super hard and I'm gonna have to be super disciplined I'm gonna have to be super consistent and I'm gonna do everything I can to make that money the version of you who made the money or who who got to where they were wanting to go they weren't doing everything in their like they didn't do everything they needed to do to get there they just did the things they needed to do to get there And so you can tap into that version of them and tap into the calmness, the peaceness, because knowing without a shadow of a doubt that you're going to get the thing, that's a calm energy, that's a peaceful energy, that's a confidence, and that is not a scrambly, hustly, 
crazy chaotic energy like there might be some effort of course there's going to be some effort but remembering that you can just tap into that version of you in the future and not in a way that I'm saying um who do I need to become to get this thing because the truth is that person of me for example this goal it's like a two-week goal and two weeks in the future I'm the same exact person I'm going to look the exact same. Nothing big is going to change. Like I, I am going to be the exact same person. It's the steps and the possibilities that those steps create that creates the reality. And this is where action is so important, but it's the right type of action. If you consistently keep taking action from a desperate place, from a trying to prove yourself place, from an insecure place, you're going to go down the timelines where that is it's creating reality from a desperate insecure place which might still create a reality that you like you're still moving down a path right but it's so different than taking action from the place from the from the how do I want to say this taking action towards the future timeline taking action on the future timeline it's the action (laughs) And of course it is who you're being in a way, but it's the, it's the taking action that you normally wouldn't take in whatever way that looks like, right? I, I've told this story a million times before, but to me, it is just the most mind blowing thing that happened of when I randomly shared a graphic, I had like set an intention that I wanted to have a 20 K month at this point. I think I'd only had a 10 K month. Um, I don't even know if I had had that. I think I had had a 5k month and I think I, I, anyways, I think I had a 5k month. I had an intention to have a 20k month. I randomly decided to post this graphic and I wasn't worried. I wasn't stressed about money coming through. I was just creating things. And honestly, I was showing up in the energy of the person who had their, her dream business and the version of me who had my dream business, I was like posting fun graphics just to post fun graphics and I wasn't making a really big deal about it. One of those graphics, one of my past connections from my old job shared it to their Instagram account and one of their followers had a really big successful business. They followed me, they reached out to me, they booked my $20,000 package that was a combination of coaching and graphic design. At that point, I don't even think I had sold a website for more than $500. Like I hadn't charged somebody more than $500 for a website. I had many times before when I was freelancing, but as I was starting to like, um, get working in, uh, like just full on freelancing at that time, I had self-worth issues. I was just trying to make things work. I was doing whatever I could to make a buck. And so I wasn't like holding the pose of those higher level prices, but the combination of launching the offer that was $20,000, right? Like that's psychotic to go from 500 to $20,000. But I was like, this is the type of offers I want to be selling. I'm just going to launch it. What's the worst that could happen? And then posting the random graphic that that business saw led to me booking a $20,000 package with them them signing up without me even having to sell it to them because it was the exact right fit. And that fit only showed up because I was tapping into that higher timeline. And so I think this can be something where you like do a meditation to tap into this version of you. But I like to like literally think of it so simple and like close your eyes. Think of whatever the thing is that you're wanting and don't just say more money. Do not just say more money. That's the most like weak thing you could say. (laughs) Say how much, say what per, like get specific with it and then be like, okay, there's a timeline in the future where this is real, where this has happened. What does it feel like my next step is to get there? And you're not going to know every single next step to get there until you get to the manifestation. You just have to focus on your next step. You just have to focus on like, okay, what does the next step feel like it is to do there? There's so much of us, so many of us trying to force things to happen. And that's like the hardest timeline possible we could take. I love effort. I love hustle. I love flow. I love creativity. I love action. Effort doesn't have to feel like you're forcing it to happen. When we're forcing it to happen, we are existing on like 
effort alone. We are existing on discipline alone. We are not tapping into the power of the universe. You can create a business that way. You totally can. That totally can be a thing. And also, there's an easier way to do it. And it might take the same amount of action. Like, you might still be working the same amount of hours. But the type of results you're going to be getting from those actions are going to differ exponentially. (laughs) They're going to exist in different tax brackets. Your results will. And so many people are just trying to exist by effort and hustle and forcing alone. And that's why they get tired and give up and don't want to run a business anymore. Or don't want their job anymore, their dream job, or don't want to manifest whatever it is they're manifesting. And so I want to challenge you to like play around with a short term goal and be like, okay, this thing it's happening because I've imagined it happening. So I know there's a timeline where it has happened. If this has happened, if I'm thinking, if I'm tapping into the energy of the version of me that this happened for, what would my next step be? And then just keep doing that over and over again. So that was like a fun little thing that I (laughs) remembered this morning that I'm excited to tap into. So lots, lots of breakthroughs going on, going on around here. And thank God it's been a, it's been an intense few months to be completely honest with you. I've been really excited what I've been working on, but it's been a second since I felt in this flow. And I'm like actually in my pre-flop era. (laughs) I shared this graphic on Instagram. I can't remember. I already talked about this on a previous podcast episode, but I shared this graphic on Instagram from Flex Mommy and she showed like the full menstrual cycle. And it's like your, when you have your period, that's the flop era. And then you move into pre-slay and then ovulation is slay. And then, um, PMS is (laughs) pre-flop. And that's the only way I've ever been able to understand like what it means. <laughs> I feel like that that graphic alone has like helped me move into cycle syncing. Anyways, I'm actually in my pre-flop era. Like I'm about to start my period and I'm feeling so good. So like that alone can tell you that first of all, the power of mushrooms, second of all, the power of keep going and it's so annoying to hear when you're in the middle of it but it makes it less intense at least for me it does when it feels like everything is being brought to the surface like everything that could trigger you is triggering you you feel like you're getting tested by the universe like nothing's going as you want it to that just means if you can hold the pose during those moments if you can say no 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 like this is just showing me that I have some work to do here this isn't showing me that I'm not good enough or I'm on the wrong path if you can do the work during those moments everything shifts that's the reason those things are coming up and that's the reason why when you say oh my god I want this cool great thing all this shit hits the fan because that shit can't make it to your next level with you that shit is pulling you down and like that that doesn't belong at your next level that's that's not if you get there you're gonna have to drag it like a freaking uh bag of bricks is the metaphor that's coming up it's like do you want to go to your next level with like this bag of bricks on your back or do you want to go to your next level with a fucking Prada bag it's gonna take a second to load those bricks out and to smash them to a million pieces and turn them into glitter that you can sell for your Prada bag but like do the work so you can show up to your next level looking fucking fly. Okay, I love you guys. Um, Anti-school coaching school is open for enrollment, like I said, for a couple more weeks. Well, till the end of the month. I guess we have less than a couple weeks left now. Um, Like I said, we're going to do an orientation call. It's going to be super fun. If you can't come to it live, it will be available for replay. Um, like I said, I'm going to be throwing in a few bonuses, depending on how many I can get done, um, that are just going to like help your experience and give you kind of some more info and easy to digest information. The thing that I really love about this time, and we're going to try to do this with all my courses moving forward is we turned all of the content into a private podcast. So when you sign up for anti-school coaching school, you'll also receive a, a course that's a private podcast and you click on that and you just click open podcast and then it will save it to like Apple podcasts or overcast, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. For some reason it doesn't work on Spotify. I guess Spotify doesn't have a private RSS feed option, um, but you can download an app to listen to it. And then you can literally like, it's literally just 
there in an app super easy to access and you can turn it on and it'll just play from top to bottom all of the content um the way it is structured is i have the lecture series and the homework series so there is three parts of lectures i think it's like over 15 videos i'm not sure exactly how many and then there's also coordinating homework with each of those videos and the homework so the lectures are just audio and then the homework is videos so it's me more talking explaining what to do explaining the journaling prompts explaining the action steps so you start with the lectures then you move to the homework and then there are a few tutorials showing you how to set up a course giving you some resources for podcasts what app you can use to host them i give you a bunch of links to places to host retreats links to where I get music for my podcasts. Um, there's just so many resources in there that literally like, here's the thing that I believe. I see so many people who are really good at what they do and they're a service provider, provider, whether this is a graphic designer or maybe you do coaching or consulting or whatever. And you're just, you're not making it as much money as you could be for how good you are at what you do. And I think this is a combination of a lot of things that goes into this, but it's showing up as an expert in your industry. It is creating these things that make you um, even rise to a higher level of an expert. This is like a podcast. This is the type of content you're putting out. This is the wage you're just showing up in your business and then creating offers, creating courses, retreats, um, your one-on-one coaching, pricing those in the right way so that all of those things are making you money to help you create your dream business and dream life. And it really is the perfect mixture of all three. I don't think like, well, that's not true. I don't want to say that. But for me, my business, running my business, it has been the perfect mixture of everything. It has been the retreats. It's been the courses. It's been the one-on-one coaching. It has been the digital products. It's been the podcast. Like all of these different things have all contributed to my business success in such a big way. And so for me, that's why it was really important when I was building coaching school to touch on all of this, because I think it's such, it's, it includes all of that. It is such a big potion that you're building. And the only way you can figure out how it works for you is trying these different things that I'm going to teach you in this program. And I do want to say, like, I give you the step-by-steps and I give you the tutorials and I give you the resources. But what I'm really proud about with this program is I kind of kick your ass in the way that like I'm not gonna let you come up with a million excuses of why you can't start the podcast tomorrow I'm not gonna let you come up with excuses anymore about why building a course has to be the hardest thing you've ever done and my goal was to really make each of these processes feel really simple we don't talk about funnels I talk about how you can build an accidental intentional funnel using social media but this isn't gonna be a course that you're gonna take that it makes you feel overwhelmed over how much you have to do before you can start using these things to grow your business. This is going to be a course that tells you, you think you need to know way more. This is actually all you need to know. And this is actually all you need to do. So that was my really big intention is keeping it simple so that you actually start showing up and launching the course, launching the podcast. I get so sad when I see how many people have been working on a course for so long and doing everything quote unquote right with it, but they haven't even launched it yet because they're like being eaten up by perfectionism and just letting it completely halt them from any sort of progress. And so my goal with coaching school is to be the exact opposite of that. And my goal for you guys is I want you to take it and give me some fire testimonials. Like, let me brag about you. Let me brag about the type of results that you're getting when you just start showing up and taking this action the link will be in my bio and instagram with all of the details about that you can dm me if you have any questions at all i'm so excited for the next week i can't believe i like didn't even know if i was going to do a podcast and i sat here and almost talked for 60 minutes i guess i had some shit to say i have one more thing to say (laughs) i don't know if i want to say this here's the thing that i've been trying really hard to not do lately is to not yuck people's yum like i have so many opinions i literally do have so many opinions and i'm kind of a hater sometimes and i don't know if Like, I don't know if that's me trying to change a part of myself who I really am. Like, I'm kind of just a contrarian. And maybe it's like, like, 
if maybe that's, I just need to be less intense about it or something. Or I think what I need to do is maybe quit making it so serious. Oh my gosh. I'm just looking, I'm sitting out in front of my driveway and there's like a huge wasp's nest on my front door. Oh my gosh. I'm glad I saw that, but it looks dormant. There's like no bugs around it. Anyways, here's my last thing I have to say. I've heard a lot of people saying that they loved Little Mermaid. I am shocked. I think this is why, this is when I have to really give my opinion, okay? It's when, like, if a lot of people didn't like something, I'm like, okay, it was a miss. It was a whatever. And honestly, this is, like, the toxic thing about me. If a lot of people didn't like something, I'm probably going to try to like it on purpose. (laughs) So I guess this is just me being annoying. But when a lot of people did like something and, like, I thought it was obviously terrible, I am so confused. Like, I literally, it makes me feel like I'm on a bad mushroom trip. Like, I'm like, wait, what? How is this happening? So, me and Cammie and Morgan have all three seen Little Mermaid. And I can't speak for their opinions, but I will say that I think they felt the same way as I did. That movie felt like a parody. Like, I... Of course, there were, like, beautiful parts. But, like, first of all, me and Morgan went and saw it together. And, like, I'm, like, a Disney adult. I, like, freaking love, like, the Beauty and the Beast, which I don't know if it was just because I didn't have a ton. But I really liked The Little Mermaid. Like, I I did. That, that ride at Disneyland is, like, my freaking favorite ride. Not really, but, like, I enjoy it. Um, and I was really looking forward to it. But not with, like, a super overwhelming expectations type of way. Um, and I think The Little Mermaid, she is so cute, and, like, the set was beautiful. Prince Eric's office was, like, gorgeous and goals and so expansive, but I just felt like there were so many times that I was like, is this supposed to be really campy? This is, this is what I thought about it. It felt like you typed into an AI art generator, um, bring Little Mermaid to life. (laughs) There's just this one scene, and, like, when I think of The Little Mermaid, I think about this scene when, in the, in the new one, where at the very end, it's, like, the wedding, and King Triton comes out of the water. Like, I, it's his whole face, and I don't, and all the mermaids at the end sitting there, like, I was, like, having a hard time not laughing, and I'm, like, normally not I love 99% of the movies I've seen. The two movies I've hated recently are Little Mermaid and Avatar. And I guess I maybe just have a really high expectation for sea movies, like water movies, is what I'm realizing. And I'm kind of like a um, water, like, it's like one of my interests is like the ocean and boats and underwater creatures like sea creatures so I guess like maybe that's why I guess because I'm just realizing now that both of those movies were movies that people loved and I literally despised them (laughs) and Little Mermaid I'm trying really hard not to despise it because I know a lot of people liked it but that's making it even harder for me not to despise it I just those of you guys who liked it when King Triton came out of the water at the end were you appalled like it literally felt like and here's the thing I liked in a sense that it was campy and it wasn't trying to be something that it's not but I kind of expected it to be something it's not like I kind of expected the mermaids maybe to be a little less Disney-ish because the other ones they've gone that direction like the other ones they've almost made it a little bit more realistic and so I was kind of hoping for a more I don't know like I just it didn't do it for me and the entire time I was really trying to like it and I was just like I did not like that and like it got really good reviews I'm just like am I crazy Did someone else not enjoy Little Mermaid? Did you think it was, like, so cheesy when King Triton came out of the water? And when all the mermaids were sitting on the bay, like, waving? (laughs) I feel slightly like I'm going crazy. But that is how I felt with Avatar 2. Like, I was like, wait, what? Like, people like this? Like, I... So I guess there's maybe just random movies that we have, random things that we have that it's, like, we have a really different, um, 
creative view. <laughs> but like truly, like I had seen this is like comparing apples and oranges. But just to give you an example of like how cheesy the movies are, I love. I had seen Fast X like a week before, and I would rather watch Fast X a million times before I ever watched Mermaid, The Little Mermaid again. Like, it just felt, I don't know. I don't know. And I know that's comparing mermaids to oranges. I mean, I know that's comparing mermaids to Vin Diesel. (laughs) But I'm just a little bit confused. Anyways, that was a really random side tangent. But I actually feel a little bit of a release because I feel like I've been holding it in, not telling anyone it. (laughs) So maybe I just need to start speaking my opinion and then I don't have to chat your ear off for five hours about how I hate something. Okay, I love you guys. I would love to see you inside Anti-School Coaching School. Um, If you provide any sort of service and you've thought about teaching it to other people or you already have a coaching business and sometimes it feels like you might just make things more complicated than they need to be. If you're the type of person who's been sitting on the edge of I'm stuck. I'm plateaued on these type of months. I just need to install a funnel. I just need to do this and then I know I'll grow. What you really need to do is take anti-school coaching school because that's the last thing you need to do is install a funnel. If you're telling yourself that the reason you haven't grown is because you don't have a funnel, I guarantee you that's not true. Now, I'm not saying you'll never have a funnel or never have Facebook ads, but that's not going to be the action that comes first. I guarantee you there's there's something inside of you that needs to remember how much of an expert you are, how much you know, how much your audience is obsessed with you, how much power you already have, and how much money is available to you tomorrow if you showed up and sold to your audience. Okay, I love you guys. I promise I am leaving now. Thanks for hanging out with me and chatting about mushrooms and the little mermaid and not being a scientist. This has maybe been my most unhinged episode yet. Okay, I love you. I will talk to you later. Bye.